Welcome to the Mentors Care Podcast. I'm Summer Backstrom, along with my co-host, Mentors Care founder, Dina Petty, and we love to talk to each other and to the amazing people that make up the Mentors Care family. What is Mentors Care? It's a nonprofit organization that matches adult mentors with students considered at risk of not graduating. The vision of Mentors Care is simple. One volunteer gives one hour, one time a week to mentor one student. It's a proven formula with incredible and life-changing results. The conversations you'll hear are designed to educate and inspire others to join the Mentors Care movement. Now, enough of this standard open, Let's get to the good stuff on this episode of the Mentors Care Podcast. Welcome back to episode four. We're so glad you decided to join us again. I'm here with my co-host, Dina Petty. How are you doing, Dina? I'm doing good. Good to see you, Summer. Good to see you, too. This is exciting. We have Sarah Martin in the house, one of our very own Mentors Care coordinators. Sarah, originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota, has lived in Midlothian for 14 years and has worked as the mentor coordinator for Mentors Care at Midlothian High School for about seven years. Prior to Mentors Care, she worked with community schools in Fort Worth. She is passionate about working with at-risk teens and has made it her mission to not only reach out to the population, but to study trauma and how it affects our at-risk students. So without further ado, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you today? Great. How are y'all? We're doing good. This is like me talking to another family member. (laughs) (laughs) I just love Sarah. We've been together for a long time. So seven years is a long time to work together. And I also feel like your family is part of my family too, with Matt and your two girls. And yeah, (laughs) it's really, really great to have you here. Thanks for coming and visiting with us because I really am looking forward to this time together so that everybody can hear a little bit more about you, who you are and how you got here because it's pretty fun um sweet lady miss paula martin was a mentor for me just so happened to be your mother-in-law and she was yeah and she said oh my goodness you have got to meet my daughter-in-law she would love this she needs to be working in this office and so next thing we know you were a mentor at first and you had a student and we just hit it off and started talking And then I needed some assistance and needed some help. It became a really, the job got bigger. So do you remember? Yeah, it did. Do you remember back in the day we were thinking, oh, we can handle 70 students, 80 students. Yeah. Well, I don't know what we were thinking with that. That was insanity. (laughs) (laughs) We both almost lost people. Oh, (laughs) I actually started having like these heart palpitations things. I don't know. It was a lot. It was a lot we were doing. I, I remember kids. sending you home one day because you were not feeling well at all. And yeah. I was like, just go home, Dita, take a nap. <laughs> we were dealing with some heavy stuff back then. You yes. know, I mean, there was yeah. a lot of stuff going on. Uh, first, we're going to go back and talk about that. There's going to be some stories we need to share with people about yeah. some of our students <laughs> in the past. And But I really want to share with everybody more about you because you have such a passion with these kids who are considered at risk or, you know, the ones that have risky behaviors. And you're just really good with these kids. They love you. You really connect with them. Where does this passion come from, Sarah? You know, I don't know. It's always kind of, if I sit and think about it too long, I freak myself out because I I don't know where it comes from. I did not grow up and had the experiences that a lot of them had. I had a pretty 
boring, normal childhood, you know, no divorce, nothing crazy happened in my childhood at all. But I was always just that friend in high school, especially who was, you know, taking my friends to the doctor when they needed to go to the doctor or talking them through whatever crisis they had. I was friends with these kids. I couldn't tell you the number of times that I had to go pick up <laughs> kids from parties so that they wouldn't drive home. That was kind of my role. But I, I just have always gravitated towards these types of kids. I just love them. There's just something about them that they just have my heart. They always have. Plus, they're just fun. They're more fun than the straight-laced kids. <laughs> so you worked with communities and schools for years, and now you're in the mentoring world. I know community schools does have uh, some programs they do involve uh, mentoring, but now you're just mentoring. So what value do you see in mentoring now that you've seen both sides of social work with these two different realms of it? Well, mentoring is just so much because it's one-on-one, because it is, it's a relationship that you're building. It's not just this pop in here, do this, here's some advice, do that. It's a, it's work. You are investing in that is the key to seeing any kind of change or difference made or any kind of motivation change really is just that somebody believes in them and they're there consistently. And that's the key with mentoring. Communities and schools had great programs, but it was, it was very much just a drop in. And at the school that I was at with communities and schools, I mean, I was the mentor, but I had a hundred kids on my caseload. You can't, Who can do that? Can't mentor a hundred no. kids. You can't do it. Uh-uh. No. And so that's why mentors care is it, it caught my attention right off the bat because, you know, as Dina said, I as you said, I started mentoring a kid and I immediately saw the difference in that, you know, because I could spend all of my time and energy on that one student and, you know, really get to know that kid. And then, you know, in the office as a coordinator, you know, it's a little bit different, but you're still mentoring that many kids too. It's just you You're are partnering with a mentor. No, so. we watch you and how the kids are just flooding in your office and you have to physically shoo them out. <laughs> Go back to class, please. Stop Get it. Get out. No. <laughs> Leave me alone. I love how you could fuss at them and they still love you. <laughs> oh, yeah. They come back for more fussing. And I, I got an email, you know, with all this COVID-19 stuff. We're at home. and Yeah. Um, I finally got an email from one of my kids that I like to fuss at. And he's, he's like, I'm just not coming in your office. I'm like, you miss the snack. He's like, well, no, I miss how you yell at me about my grades. <laughs> I was like, oh, it made my day. They need that motivation. Some of those kids yeah. just need that every day. Yeah. yeah. So our policy is that our students are only supposed to be in our office when they are scheduled to meet with a mentor only. Yeah. And I think that is our strength because we really make a deal with the schools that we serve hey, we're not going to waste anybody's time. The only time we take them out of class is during a non-core class. And it's only going to be during classes that they can make up the work very easily. And so they're not just going to hang out in our office and just talk. And so, but because they love it so much there, it's a constant shooing back to their class. Well, you've got to teach them. It's it's good, actually, because it teaches them boundaries, you know, when they first get introduced to the office, they want to take advantage of it and they want to be in there all the time and it's their way to skip class. But, you know, they quickly learn, they have to learn that there's boundaries and and that's good for everybody to know. So every aspect of what we're doing with these kids is for a purpose. It's to to help them be a better person. It really is. It really is. So Sarah, I know that you have, it says in your bio, you have a, you have a master's in social work. 
So yeah. would you, for the listeners, would you consider what you're doing at Midlothian High School to be similar to social work for the schools or for that school? I mean, is it, yeah. explain to people what you do, what exactly you, what it is you do for the kids. Well, so obviously I am not a social worker. That is not my title in the school. I just happen to be a social worker who's a coordinator. So my main role is coordinating the mentors and making sure that the kids and the mentors are meeting. But the perk of me being a social worker is that when kids are coming into my office, you know, in crisis, I have some skill sets that I can use to help, you know, and obviously a big part of social work is you're connecting to the community. If you see a crisis or a need, then you're referring. We refer, refer, refer. And so that's a huge thing that we do is keeping the connections with different organizations and nonprofits in the community so that if there's a need that comes up within the school, I have the resources and and the connections there to make sure that those needs get met. And then just as far as mental health things, you know, obviously I'm very passionate about direct care and trauma-informed care and things like that. So there's a lot of stuff that I have kind of not taught myself, but gone through trainings and and put a lot of emphasis on, on learning how to best work with kids who have lived through trauma. It's not the same way that you work with kids who have not experienced a lot of trauma. And so in doing that and then in teaching our mentors that, that's huge that they can understand better where their kid is coming from, why their kid is, you know, popping off on teachers all the time when they know they shouldn't do that, but it's an impulse control thing. And so you have an understanding of where that's coming from and not getting so frustrated that the behavior isn't changing. And Summer, she is also titled our training coordinator. So she does the research and she finds trainings for our other coordinators and keeps us informed and up to date with all the latest information, which a lot of that trauma-informed care is growing every day, isn't it, Summer? More and more they're finding out about what's happening with students' brains and their emotional state because of the trauma they've endured. Yeah, I can't wait to see Leslie Dean, who we've 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 gotten to know very well from the Children's Advocacy Center, Ellis County Children's Advocacy Center. She hosted a workshop on trauma that Mentors Care hosted. It was open to the public. So we're going to be having her on one of our next episodes in the coming in the coming months. So it'll be exciting to hear from her uh, because I know that it, there's such a correlation between being prepared to be in school and dealing with trauma that you experienced at home. Like, I know it's readiness. That's not my forte. You know, I don't under, I'm not in psychology. I'm not a social worker, but I know that they have to be prepared to learn, but they can't be prepared to learn when they're distracted by trauma or dealing with trauma. Can you speak to that? Can you explain how how your program in Midlothian High School is helping with getting kids prepared for academia, like getting them ready for the academic day? We have, I mean, just to boil it down to the basic, relationship is key in that. And so obviously that's where the mentor comes in. They have to, the kiddo has to learn to trust the mentor, trust an adult. And that can, once they establish that with the mentor, then they can start working towards, you know, learning to trust their teacher and maybe hopefully seeing that the teacher is out to get them as well. But there comes within that a huge understanding that it takes a long time to do that. And so when you see these repeated behaviors, often schools will respond with discipline. You know, if you keep getting into trouble and skipping classes, you're going to get sent to ISS and then you're going to miss school and then you're going to, you know, get farther behind and then they feel bad about themselves because they're failing classes. And so it just becomes a process. So the mentor comes in and he just starts building them up and teaching them to have confidence in their abilities and just really just showing up to be there for them as opposed to being the bad guy. The kid is 
special. The kid is, has worth, has meaning, and it doesn't have anything to do with how they behaved earlier in the day. If a kid gets sent to choices, their mentor still gets to come. If a kid gets sent to ISS or to CIEP, the mentor still gets to meet with them because that relationship is so important. It oftentimes is the one positive thing. And I have heard so many times schools, administrators, and teachers comment on how they can quickly see the difference of the student and how they're responding. Not 100%. We sure like to think we get 100%. And sometimes it just takes time for them to buy in. But when they have that relationship with that mentor, and they start really listening to what that mentor is saying, we get those comments from the school saying, wow, I am really seeing a difference in this student. I can tell that they're really, it's making a difference meeting with this person. And so they buy in. And they're yep. very supportive, aren't they? Yeah. And so you have a good yep. relationship with the, the counselors and administrators and teachers. They're the ones who are my main referral sources, always asking questions. Um, has the mentor heard this, seen this? Where are we at with this kiddo? And then letting me know if the kiddo is acting out. You know, can you have the mentor work on the student with this or about this or talk to him about this? So that's the other big role of the coordinator is just the go-between communicator between the, between the two sides. So as a coordinator, you have seen in the last seven years, hundreds of students come through, (laughs) hundreds. And so some of them, you know, it's just great success stories and, you know, amazing, blow your mind kind of stories. But there's some that just really break your heart and it's, and break your heart. But then also it's that achievement of overcoming unbelievable Mm -hmm. odds. Do you have any student in mind? that you can share a story with us, which we know you would never use a name or anything, but do you have a a story in mind that you can share with us that sticks out to you? As far as like a true success story or just one that has been Mm -hmm. an overcomer? Well, the biggest one, and he sticks out the most to me because he's still just doing well. I still keep in touch with him. He's married and has two kids now and he's working for BMW and just he's doing so well. But when we first met this kid, and this is when you were there, Dina, too, so Mm. you know him as well. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. (laughs) He just... I mean, he was in our office a lot when he was at school. He was high. He was using drugs. He was selling drugs. He was confronted by a major gang to work for him and thankfully said no. He dropped out of school three times, two times, three times. I remember two times. But he came back three times to school. That's right. Yeah. It took him a while to graduate. He, <laughs> the first time I met him, he was trying to scare me. And then the second time I met him, he was I trying to I didn't know this. Me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was trying to intimidate me, and it didn't work. And so then not. he tried to hit on me the next time, which that was really awkward. <laughs> I shut him down on that one too. And he will—he to this day will still joke with me about that. Hey, Miss, remember that joke? Miss. <laughs> so anyway, he—he's the biggest success story because it took him so long, and but he figured it out. And he actually married one of the other kids from our program, and. They still come by my office and check in. So huge, huge success story. But they're not all like that at all. Well, and that's what we've always said is that any time with them is not in vain. And Absolutely. And don't you believe that's true, Sarah? Yeah. I oh, know yeah. people really have a hard time believing that. That really, okay, but they did drop out or they're still not being 
what we would consider successful people. <laughs> yeah. But don't you think that any time that we have with them is important? Absolutely. I mean, there's there was this other kiddo from many years ago who I think he only met with his mentor, I don't know, for maybe a semester. And then he dropped out and nobody knew where he went. Nobody had any contact with him. He just vanished. And it was hard because, you know, he was one of those kids who was really charismatic. He was sweet. She's a good, good heart, you know, but just involved in some bad stuff and came from a rough home life and he just disappeared. When that happens, you pretty much are like, man, that sucks. I don't think we'll ever hear from him again. But I think it was probably two or three years later, his mentor got an email just saying, hey, I just wanted you to know I'm working out in the oil fields and I'm good. Like I'm, I remember you. I remember things that you said and. I'm doing really well. I'm going to go back and get my GED and all of these things, which a lot of times people are like, oh, GED, that's a failure. No, it isn't. Not if they're, not if they're working and they're, they're wanting to go back and achieve something, that's success right there. So yeah, every little bit counts. And you never, ever know. We tell mentors this all the time. You never know what you're saying or just the fact that you're showing up. That will stick with these kids. They will always remember it. They will always remember that. Right. Well, there is also something else that, that is really important, the work that you do, is that you do have to mentor the mentors, don't you? Yes. <laughs> because we're yes. still people. And we get our feelings hurt or we feel rejection and we're dealing with kids who are at risk that are really having a hard time sometimes buying into what you have to say. Absolutely. So so how do you deal with that with the mentors? Gosh, God love them. I know that I know how they feel. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard to be a mentor because there is a lot of rejection and it's hard to not take it personally, but you just have to get them to understand as best you can that it's, it's worth it. That, you know, at some point, if you keep showing up, the kid will show up too. And so you just keep plugging along. You're their cheerleader. Just like they're the kid cheerleader, you're their cheerleader. And, you know. So you're the ultimate encourager. You're on both yes. sides. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sometimes I'm sassy. And you have to teach the mentor how to have boundaries too. Boundaries are important for the kids and, and for the mentor. So, right. Yeah. Well, Sarah, this was awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, Sarah. Thank you for being here and for yeah. explaining a, a lot of that. And, um, you know, so if you want to mentor a child and you come in and I walk in, I want to mentor. I walk in and I see you and I say, you know what? I'm way, way underqualified for this. How are you going to equip me to be a mentor to a, to a troubled child to, to one at risk? First of all, all you need is a willing heart. All you have to do is be able to talk to somebody, which we all can do, and just to be willing to be vulnerable with the student. And as long as you've got those two things, then then you're good to go. You know, you can show up, you can encourage them, you can talk to them. We have talking points, we have different things, different tools that we will give you. We will train you. We're not just throwing you out to the wolves, so to speak. And the coordinators, we're, we're in our offices all day, every day. I mean, except for now, but <laughs> we're available all but day. we're still and mentoring. Same. We are still mentoring. Yes, we are still mentoring. But yeah, we're available. And so anything comes up that you as the mentor feel that you can't handle, that's why that's why the coordinator is there. And I'll talk you through it. We'll, we'll strategize. We'll commiserate. We'll celebrate. We'll do all of the things together. You and I are a team as the coordinator and the mentor. 
to get these kids through. So. And how many and how many children will I mentor? Just one. Just one. Yep. Great. That's wonderful. We just can't thank you for being here today, Sarah. And we just can't thank you guys for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe and follow us on social media. And if you want to learn more about mentoring or the mentor program, visit www.mentors.care. We'll see you next time.